Thank you very much, Utsila. We'll see you then at the bottom of the hour. Six minutes past 12. This is a Midday Live on SAFM 104 to 107. And thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, welcome back. It's a brand new week. The first Monday of uh, this uh, Women's Month, uh, August. Orlando Pirates doing the country proud, winning in Egypt. Happy people indeed. And uh, the Proteas, well, uh, it's uh, T20 really, nothing to write home about. Uh, but what, what really moved me this weekend uh, was to broadcast uh, uh, down in Durban uh, the former Chief Justice Paz Langer's funeral service uh, at uh, the City Hall. Uh, all the tributes were great from everyone who spoke. Uh, and uh, I really enjoyed how Chief Justice Mokhweng Mokhweng really chronicled uh, Justice Langer's achievements in his quest to transform the judiciary. Uh, some of the outstanding issues there uh, that uh, Judge uh, Langer fought for, the separation of powers, transformation of the judiciary, and better pay uh, for the judges as well, just uh, some of the things that uh, came out there. And, uh, of course, uh, the Kosati General Secretary, Zulinzi Mavavi's story uh, is today uh, D-Day for him. What is happening at Kosati House? Uh, try to put in a call there to people who are in the know to get a sense of what is going on there, and uh, no one is willing to talk at this point. But uh, is Vavi off the hook yet? Some believe not. Uh, his conduct, they say, brought the Trade Union Federation into disrepute. And uh, my question really uh, today is, uh, what should uh, be Kosatu's message this uh, Women's Month? Uh, has uh, the Vavi issue created an awkward moment for, for Kosatu, especially this month, uh, insofar as uh, the women labor issues are concerned? That's a broad question, really, that is coming through from many quarters of our country. And, of course, uh, there are those who say this is a big farce. Uh, it's a political plot to end Vavi's career. We welcome your SMSs on uh, 34701. Uh, you can uh, tweet us at Gualabi News at SAFM Midday Live. Otherwise, you can send us an email this hour, middaylive at sabc.co.za or at Gualabi. Uh, at sabc.co.za. To our top story this hour, the Arms Procurement Commission, chaired by Judge Willie Seriti, has suffered yet another postponement, this time around to the 19th of August. This is the, it was scheduled to begin its first sitting this morning after a near five-month postponement in March. The probe into the multi-billion rand arms deal has already been rocked by the resignation of one of its commissioners, Jem, there, Judge Francis Lichodi, among others, and many questioning its credibility. Cape Town Mayor Patricia DeLille, who is viewed as the initial whistleblower on the deal, has expressed concern that the commission has to report back to President Jacob Zuma every six months when some of the allegations on the arms deal relate to President Zuma himself. Our sister show, AM Live, spoke to Delil, who expressed further concern that uh, police still don't know the whereabouts of Fana Thongwane, who is a former state advisor and uh, is central to the probe. I'm sure that you know some investigations that uh, were, were done previously, especially by one of the ladies that is, uh, um, that has left the Scorpions at that time, Advocate Gerda Ferreira. Uh, she has come up uh, with a schedule of payments of people that received uh, some bribes uh, from from these arms uh, dealers, and so I think there will be enough information to, to to proceed without him. But he is critical, very very critical to coming to give evidence to actually um, respond to the allegations against him uh, specifically. And, and, and it's strange, you know, that, you know, with, with Interpol and with all of these 
um, legal instruments. They've been not able to find a South African. You know, I mean, how can any person just disappear the face of the earth? They have to do more to try and take, track him down. Cape Town Mayor Patricia DeLille and a former High Court judge, Advocate Willem Heath, investigated the arms deal in 2001 and says there is a link between the corruption charges leveled against President Jacob Zuma and his alleged implications in the deal. His involvement was linked on one possible basis, and that was that he addressed a letter to the standing committee that that the special investigating unit should not be appointed to investigate the matter. Uh, and that was seen, and the interpretation was fair, based on, superficially on that, was really a fair conclusion, and that is that he had something to do to stop the investigation, to interfere in that. But my investigation showed that that letter was actually drafted by President Becky, and he was overseas, and he nearly instructed uh, President Zuma to make that letter available to Parliament and instructed him to sign that letter. But the author of the letter was, in fact, President Mbeki. And uh, that was uh, Advocate uh, Vellum Heath. For more on this now, we're joined on the line by the spokesperson for the Arms uh, Procurement Commission, uh, William Baloy. Mr. Baloy, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon and good afternoon to the listeners. And you're joining us uh, live and direct from our Pretoria studio. Thank you very much for that. Maybe help us understand why was the postponement? I think there were two issues uh, that uh, caused the postponements at different stages. Firstly, there was this issue that uh, have been in the, in the public domain of uh, whether the commission should proceed with two commissioners instead of three. And... Um, on that particular aspect, the chairperson of the commission indicated to the sitting that uh, we are waiting the president to uh, advise us on that particular matter, and uh, that advice might take uh, between uh, three to four days. Therefore, he was uh, requesting a postponement of a week on those basis. But then now, uh, there was a matter that was raised by the Department of Defense and Military Veterans, and they wanted a two-week postponement based on the issue of the uh, classification and declassification of documents. And uh, after the, uh, the lawyer representing the uh, department has made um, uh, some submissions to the sitting, the two commissioners ultimately acceded uh, to that. It was convincing that... Uh, we, we, act, we uh, give that two-week uh, two suspension. So the, the extension, is, uh, the postponement is two weeks okay. uh, on the, on, until the 19th of uh, August. But the first week was for the commission itself. Then the other two weeks uh, was uh, as presented by the Department of Defense and Military Veterans. All right. And, uh, and uh, the judge is satisfied that uh, two weeks will be enough, uh, as uh, you are also still waiting for uh, some kind of an advice from the president insofar as whether two or three commissioners will be enough? Uh, on the part of the commission for the presidency to advise, I think a week would be enough. But on the part of the Department of Defense and Military Veterans, as I'm speaking to you now, the, the teams are meeting with, the, with our, our team. They are busy ironing that out. So uh, we think that maybe the uh, two weeks that they have requested, it's, it's sufficient. What will be the first order of business when the commission resumes in two weeks' time? 
Uh, when the commission resumes in two weeks' time, we expect the witnesses from the Department of Defense and Military Veterans to take the stand and then uh, to get cross-examined and to make their presentation to the commission. Mm. And uh, some of the issues really that, that have uh, uh, got you uh, worked up a little bit uh, is, is the questioning of uh, the commission itself, I mean the credibility. I see here you've uh, uh, fired Salvo and uh, saying that uh, that is regrettable. But uh, do you really blame uh, these, uh, uh, some people questioning the credibility of the, of the commission? Uh, it, it may be difficult to uh, blame uh, people out there. Why? Because, you know, there's been uh, consistent things that have been happening within the commission that has given uh, this perception. So the only way of the commission redeeming itself, it's like as we did today, to make sure that we are as transparent as possible and we are open to the public so that the public there may be the judge. Maybe let me hasten to indicate that uh, on the issue that has been in the public space that uh, maybe, um, you know, will conceal information, maybe there is an, a second agenda, to indicate that uh, they would be issuing out a notice which says any member of the public who may want to uh, cross-examine a witness will be on the stand would be allowed leave of the, uh, of the permission of the chairperson. So that would assist to put everything above board and uh, for the public to see that uh, they can also engage with the process. And we think that that would uh, restore the credibility and the integrity of the Commission. But you do uh, admit that, uh, that, that there have been problems and uh, really the, the, the credibility has been shaken a little bit. But uh, you are saying going forth, uh, the credibility will be intact. Uh, actually, yes, the perceptions that have been in the public space obviously have uh, given rise to a dent in the image of the Commission. Mm. All right, so we hope to talk to you closer to the, uh, the day uh, of the resumption of uh, the com Commission. Thank you very much, and that's uh, William Baloy, the Thank spokesperson for the Arms Procurement Commission, at 16 minutes past 12. And uh, that's uh, the subject of our top story. The arms deal commission has been postponed till the 19th of August. Looking at the markets at this hour, gold is trading at $1,312.10 an ounce. Platinum at $1,453.65 an ounce. The rand is trading at 9 rand 83 cents against the US dollar. At 15 rand 12 cents to the pound and at 13 rand 7 cents to the euro. Unite and celebrate at the Nelson Mandela Sport and Culture Day, 17th August 2013, F&B Stadium. For the first time ever, an explosive sports and music lineup. Bafana Bafana versus Burkina Faso. The Springboks versus Argentina. Soccer legends. South Africa versus Italy. Followed by a live concert featuring local and international artists. Unite. One man. One nation. One celebration. Get your tickets now at Coffee Ticket. Join me, Hilton Tarrant, every weeknight at 6 for the SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. With breaking business news, expert analysis, investment insights and the story behind the story, we're helping you make sense of the markets and your money. That's the Market Update, weeknights right here on SAFM at 6. Seventeen minutes past 12, this is Midday Live on... Uh, 
SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader, 104 to 107. And, uh, of course, the question we're asking this hour, what should be uh, Kosatu's message uh, this uh, Women's Month, of course, in light of uh, what is happening with uh, the General Secretary of uh, the Union Federation, Zolinzi Mavavi. Uh, some saying this is a plot really to end his uh, political career, uh, his leadership career, but others saying that, uh, well, he has to face the music. It happened at the office in the place of work. So what do you make of that? Well, it's a story that has been going on for uh, weeks now, but uh, we were hoping uh, to talk to Kosato about uh, what is going to happen today. Uh, we understand uh, that uh, there's a meeting of uh, office bearers, so we're hoping to talk to them. But the question really that we're asking, what should be Kosato's message this uh, Women's Month uh, being August? At 18 minutes past 12, we go further afield now north of uh, the country to Zimbabwe as uh, the ruling ZANU-PF celebrates its resounding victory in the July 31st election, there is uh, an equally growing resounding call for an election rerun. The opposition MDCT says it will challenge the results in court. There are reports now that uh, at least 15 members of the SADC parliamentary forum do not agree with the mission's majority report that uh, the elections were free and fair. Australia, Britain, the EU and the US have made their feelings known about the elections. President Jacob Zuma has congratulated Zimbabwean leader Robert Mugabe on re-election. This, of course, in sharp contrast to Western governments which have questioned the credibility of a rushed, disputed vote. Let's talk now to our correspondent in Harare, Shinganyoga. Good afternoon to you. All right, uh, Shingai has dropped, so we hope to go back to uh, Shingai Nyoga there. She is our correspondent in uh, Harare, so we'll be going back to that uh, particular story in a moment. If you're worried about your financial future, thinking about life insurance, saving for retirement, not sure about investing for you and your family, what about your children's education? To answer all your questions, join me, Brian Hirsch, Tuesday morning, 10 o'clock. Are you up to date with the world of property? For all things property, what are your rights as a property owner and or purchaser? Are you a tenant or the landlord and you need advice? What is the value of your investment in commercial property in South Africa? What matters are of importance in discussing land ownership? Trust us to simplify and help you understand the detail in all things property. Join me, Dineo Mulomo, every week on Tuesday morning on Morning Talk at 10.30. Twenty past twelve. Let's go back to Zimbabwe now and say good afternoon to our correspondent Shingai Nyoka. Shingai, uh, the ZANU PF is celebrating a victory. Okay, Shingai is dropped again, but uh, uh, on the line we will go back to Zimbabwe. We really need to know what is going on there. We understand that the um, opposition party there, the MDC, was going to go to court to challenge the election results. So that's the story that we want to unpa- unpack further with with you. But uh, for now, maybe let's uh, bring in uh, here. Kus- from the South African Institute of International Affairs uh, just to get a sense of uh, what he makes of uh, everything else that has happened uh, from uh, the 31st in fact even building up to uh, the elections in Zimbabwe, the elections themselves, observers were deployed there, the results and uh, of course uh, uh, up to now some people even uh, saying that there is a need for a rerun President Jacob Zuma also making his feelings known. Let's start with you uh, Mr. Damin, we'll go back to Shingai, are you on the line for us? Yes, I am. 
All right, uh, it's uh, it's good to 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 hear that. But uh, maybe uh, let, let's start by bringing back Shingai. I see Shingai is on the line. Let's uh, bring Shingai back so that at least we elaborate from there. Shingai. Help us understand what has happened uh, since this morning. Uh, our understanding was, was that uh, the MDC was going to go to court to uh, make their feelings known about uh, the election results. We, we um, asked the very same question uh, to put the very same question to them, Wongi. Um, this morning, we understand they weren't ready yet. Uh, they were still preparing their papers uh, to go to court. Uh, but according to the electoral law, they still have um, seven days from the time that the election results were announced uh, to be able to lodge their objections. Uh, so they still have up until the weekend uh, to be able to do so. All right. So, so, but uh, they haven't they haven't uh, made that uh, application to court yet. No, they have not made the application to court yet. And from the information we're getting, um, it's only uh, the MDC led by Morgan Changirai that will be going to court. Uh, the smaller MDC faction, which lost all of its seats, um, says that it's lost confidence um, in the independence of the judiciary um, as a result of the ruling on by the Constitutional Court on the election date. And so they will not uh, be taking this matter um, any further legally, at least. Is, is, is this a move by the MDC really to build their case uh, following uh, proper channels and protocols? Because they have also indicated that uh, at least the MDC Changrai have indicated that uh, they do not believe in the in the uh, legal system in Zimbabwe. But ultimately, they want to take this outside of Zimbabwe. Maybe take it to SADC, take it to AU, even take it uh, internationally if it means that. Well, at this stage, um, it really seems as if they're fighting a losing battle. Uh, they've already um, said that they want to take this issue to court, despite the fact that they don't believe that the outcome will be in their favours. Uh, from what we understand, uh, they just want to ensure that they've at least uh, lodged their objections uh, to a court, uh, to the court, uh, rather than just letting it go. Um, but really, it appears for, uh, for, from this perspective that um, they, it's, it's a battle that they're not likely to win. Uh, they also said that they're taking this to the African Union and to SADC, um, and they, they also want to present uh, what they call a dossier of information um, substantiating their, their claims of, um, of the vote manipulation to President Jacob Zuma. Uh, but at this stage, it really appears as if it's only the, the U.S. government and the Britain, British government and Australia which will be willing to listen to them, uh, given the fact that um, all these other African institutions have already given this election um, the, the Thumbs up. Mm. And uh, how is the news that uh, Sadek had actually asked Morgan Sangarai to pull out of uh, the, the election so that at least there is time uh, to, to plan proper elections? How, how has that been received in, in Zimbabwe by even uh, Morgan Sangarai himself? That news hasn't filtered through, uh, to be honest with you. Um, this, the, 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 I mean, people had had said uh, before this election that uh, had advised Morgan Changirai uh, to to really consider whether they should participate in it. Um, and obviously they went ahead and they did that and, and participated in the election. Uh, but at this stage, people are not really, that, that information hasn't um, filtered through to, to Harare. But generally, in Zimbabwe, how is the mood like today? 
it's back to work, uh, Bongi. It's just business as usual. If you uh, walk around the streets, uh, people are going about their normal business. You wouldn't really think uh, that we've had such a crucial election, such a, a landslide victory on the one hand, and just such a crushing defeat for the NDC um, on the other. I think it probably shows how resilient uh, Zimbabweans are and how um, eager they are just to get on with their lives. Uh, there is a certain amount of uncertainty, though, uh, probably fueled uh, by all the political analysis and by the newspapers about the implications um, of a ZANU-PF government, uh, what it will mean to the economy. We've spoken to some people um, in just ordinary people on the street who are saying that uh, President Jacob Zuma should now brace uh, for more Zimbabweans uh, coming through to South Africa and uh, Botswana should also brace for people, professionals um, leaving this country uh, to, 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 move, to move away but really there is a lot of uncertainty um, mm. over the next coming of months about what, uh, what uh, ZANU-PF will do uh, for the economy. Thank you very much, Shingainyoka, our correspondent in Harare. Let's speak now to Kuseni Zamini, analyst from the South African Institute of International Affairs. What do you make of this, uh, Mr. Zamini? It's a very momentous election. It's hardly surprising, Bongani, if one may say, if we really followed the opinion polls in the build-up to the elections, they did give a message to MDC that they should expect this kind of thing outcome. And also, if one looks at the track record of the MDC in the urban areas, where they had councillors, where they were supposed to deliver services, some of their leaders were really corrupt, and they also did not deliver services. And as a result of that, the people of Zimbabwe in the urban areas where the MDC had a lot of support actually started viewing them differently. I think, in a way, some analysts have argued that they compromised themselves by being part of the government of national unity. Mm. And this is probably coming back to bite them, because the people now have a different view of them. They're not just an opposition party. They're part of the government. They're judging them in terms of their track record in government. They're also judging them in terms of their track record in terms of the policy positions that they adopted. And let's face it, Mugabe was very smart coming up with the indigenization agenda in terms of not just the land, but also other um, uh, spheres of the economy saying to Zimbabweans, if you elect me, you get 51%. Most elites in the world will not actually go against a party that will promise that kind of thing. Even those Zimbabweans that in, in public may appear to be MDC, but when it comes to voting, they know that their interests will be best looked after by Mugabe's policies, ridiculous as they may be to some observers from the West. Uh, that's very interesting, but maybe th- there's no turning back here. Going forward, really, it, it, it's going to be a, a ZANU-PF, whether MDC uh, likes it or not, whether they challenge it or not. Chances are, that's it. it, it, it for the next five years, it will be MDC, it will be ZANU-PF. It seems to me it's irreversible, Bongani, you're absolutely right. And I think the MDC has to prepare for the next elections. They need to focus more on grassroots mobilization. They, the weakness of their political strategy is that it's more PR-oriented, and also they focus on external PR. They want good coverage in Sanson and Rosebank and Cape Town and London and New York. I think they should focus in the rural areas and focus in the grassroots areas in the urban areas of Zimbabwe and really go down to the grassroots and build structures on the ground, which is what ZANU-PF has been doing and has managed to do it better than the MDC. 
Right, uh, President Jacob Zuma being uh, among the first who have congratulated uh, 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 Robert Mugabe for being re-elected. Was that a, a, a good move? Was he setting the tone really as the facilitator uh, and setting the pace for everyone really to respond to that and see that there, there is no going back? Or was it premature? That was the ultimate seal of legitimacy that Mugabe would have hoped for. The, the call from uh, President Zuma and the congratulatory message of the ultimate, because President Zuma is significant for a number of reasons. Firstly, he was the Sabbath-mandated facilitator to mediate between the parties. Secondly, he is the leader of the most politically powerful and economic country on the African continent. And uh, thirdly, he, South Africa and Zimbabwe have got an inextricably intertwined political and economic uh, future. And to the extent that uh, he gets endorsement from Zuma, it means that Zuma say, I'm prepared to work with you and uh, congratulations, let's get on with the business of rebuilding and stabilizing the country. To me, that's the crucial challenge. How does Zimbabwe rebuild? How does it stabilize? How does it start winning the confidence of investors? How does it start regaining the trust of its own professionals who have left that country? All right, uh, Mr. Lamine, we've got to thank you very much. You stayed with us the whole week last week, a great deal really helping us understand uh, what is going on in Zimbabwe. But uh, thank you very much also for joining us as uh, we pretty much uh, wrap up what's been going on uh, in the uh, north of our country. Kuseni Lamine is uh, the, uh, an analyst there with uh, the South African Institute of International Affairs. It's 12.30 now. Let's welcome once again Mr. Utsile Sak with the news headlines. Indeed, uh, great radio still to come between 1 and 2 right here on SAFM 104 to 107 uh, with uh, Shadow Twilight. 28 minutes to 1. I'll be reading your SMSs loads and loads and loads of them, I must say. Uh, so we'll be getting into that uh, in a short while. Uh, but uh, first, for now, all right, I've got to check what is going on here now. Uh, I think... Uh, all right, uh, Mandisa coming in here has uh, misplaced my stuff, but there you go. Learners and t- teachers at uh, J.M. Ndindwa High School in Balfour in the Eastern Cape have uh, been boycotting classes for a week now. They accuse the school principal of engaging in inappropriate affairs with learners at the school. The Provincial Education Department has reportedly been made aware of uh, the allegations against the principal, although a member of uh, the school's governing body says the department could not proceed with any investigation due to a lack of evidence. Reports have now also emerged of a plan to close down the school by the department to try and understand the issues we joined on the line by the spokesperson uh, for the Eastern Cape Department of Education, Malibongwe Mtima. Good afternoon to you, Malibongwe. Good afternoon, sir. Have you received any uh, reports, allegations of inappropriate affairs uh, between uh, the principal, the school principal, and learners at uh, J.M. Dindra High School in Balfour in the Eastern Cape? Um, Yes, we have received allegations from the learners uh, alleging that the inappropriate behavior is unprecedented. But the department, so that we can ensure that we restore order. Today, uh, there is a meeting that is taking place there at the school to met a way forward um, to ensure that there is um, also school functionality. Apart from that, um, what we are uh, careful of is to ensure that curriculum coverage takes place um, and learners are not left uh, stranded. Uh, to make sure that uh, curriculum coverage uh, takes place, there is also a team that is consisting um, of EDOs and some other that we uh, monitor 
so that uh, we can ensure that something is happening. Yes, um, it's that we launched last week. It's called Motive Countdown. Um, it's consisting of radio lessons, extra lessons, morning classes, afternoon classes, classes to ensure that everything coverage and. All right, M- maybe, maybe, Mr. Mtima, let's not mix the issues here. Let's maybe stay with uh, this issue of uh, uh, inappropriate behaviour uh, that has been reported to you. What have you done about that? Um, as we speak, there is a team that is um, constituted of labour people and HR that is investigating the person um, uh, in the form of a principal. In fact, he is. Um, reporting at the district office as um, is an investigation taking place. As soon as the investigation is wrapped up, uh, all the stakeholders will be kept um, on the loop so that uh, such does not disturb schooling uh, in the school. Okay, but are you going to be taking any action? Because obviously, as you say, uh, the allegations are there. So are you going to be taking any action against uh, the, the school principal? As soon as um, the report comes through, uh, probably, let's assume that the report that comes through um, from the investigating team uh, is uh, confirming that these uh, inappropriate uh, actions have taken place, there will be a, a sanction that will be imposed on the person. Or, of course, we'll do that based on the labor relations uh, process and policy, so that at the end of the day, we do not infringe the person's right, but we ensure that uh, such processes are, are transparent so that the public that has also participated in this um, um, issue is, is taken into our context. All right, I'm not too sure if you're still continuing or is it the line, but if you can still hear me, I would like to know also about the reports now that uh, the department is planning to close the school down. Is that true? No, we're not uh, planning uh, to close the school down. Our intention was, uh, when we said, um, because of the uh, chaos that was emanating from the whole issue, uh, we brought down, the, we brought in the police, and we called on the stakeholders to so that we can engage in a dialogue that will ensure that the school does not get closed down. Actually, uh, teaching and learning takes place because primarily we don't want to close down the school, but we want to make sure that we uh, we need uh, the problem out and um, we get into the root cause of the issue. Thank you very much. Malibong Wemtima is the spokesperson for the Department of Education in the Eastern Cape. Four people have been arrested for public violence and malicious damage to property in Matangari outside Toyando in Limpopo province and are expected to appear at the Mutale Magistrates Court today. The arrest followed unrest in Matangari village after the discovery of a woman's body in the area. It is alleged that the woman was killed by a prominent local businesswoman for ritual purposes. For more now, we joined on the line by Witness Tiba. Good afternoon to you, Witness. Uh, can you tell us uh, what is going on? Has uh, the accused appeared in court yet? Yeah, good afternoon, Bungi and the listeners. Uh, let me indicate that uh, earlier on I visited the village, Matangari village, where this uh, murder happened about two weeks ago. Uh, the, uh, the situation is calm now after uh, community members went on the rampage over the weekend and created a house belonging to the business, local business uh, woman. So what is happening now, we're at the Toyando Magistrates Court where uh, four of the community members are expected to appear on charges of public violence and uh, malicious damage to property. Mm. 
and uh, and but can you confirm the reports uh, that uh, of course the, the, this uh, act was committed by a prominent local businesswoman, but also that it was for ritual purposes. With regard to the murder suspect, uh, no one has been arrested at the moment, and the police are saying that uh, the investigations are, are continuing. And then the ritual uh, murder part of it is that community members suspect that uh, this woman was killed for multiple causes. But when we talked to the police here, are saying that uh, the body of this woman, no, no, no body parts were missing, were found missing after uh, a postmortem uh, examination was done. Uh, last week. So uh, community members are mainly worried about the manner in which this uh, woman was murdered because the uh, police here are saying that uh, she was found with uh, about uh, 30 wounds. Uh, she had step wounds on her head and uh, at her back. Thank you very much, our reporter witness Tiba at uh, 20 minutes to 1 right here on Midday Live on SFM 104 to 107. Let's go to some of your tweets coming through at Guala B News at SFM Midday Live, but also SMSs coming through 34701 costing you two rand. Let's start with uh, SMSs. Uh, as if Kosatu cares about how women feel, they've been protecting men since uh, the days of President Zuma. Uh, anyway, I'll support them if they fire Vavi. That's CPO in KwaZulu Natal. And uh, this one from Mangali in Mahikeng says that Vavi should be fired by Kosatu. He will go on ruining marriages and hide behind conspiracy. And uh, this one from uh, Ian Matikolo, uh, or rather Matikoto, and uh, Shishiko saying that uh, the arms deal debacle will, will haunt us forever. Taxpayers have been dealt a severe blow precisely because so much money is involved. And uh, this one comes through from uh, Roland saying that uh, people have been telling they are married partners that they are working over time and uh, having affairs for years. What's new? It's a question there. And as Kumbuzo says, did you expect US, UK and Australia to congratulate Mugabe? That's a big no. Well done Mugabe. Sorry crybaby Morgan Changrai. And uh, this one says uh, a president must lead by example. We refugees from Zimbabwe need our so-called leader to swim across the Limpopo River and to starve without food for days on end whilst uh, his wife enjoy buying shoes in Hong Kong. This is freedom, says Tulani Sibandi there. And this one, how come did it take so long when Tsongrai won the elections to count the papers? And now uh, it's uh, in a matter of uh, days. That's uh, Yamer there, or Jema. And uh, this one says, uh, of course, uh, there is a political plot to destroy the Kosatu GS and create a tame f- uh, federation. But this affair has been a setback to Kosatu's uh, leadership role on gender issues. Nevertheless, I have faith that uh, Kosatu will emerge stronger from uh, this crisis and uh, reassert its critical role in uh, society. Okay, okay, this one is unsigned, but uh, Brian Kumalo in Peter Marisbeck says, can someone teach Tsongarai that uh, to be in power, a party needs to be voted in by the people, not the media, SADC or AU? This is uh, politics, Mr. Tsongarai, says uh, Brian Kumalo. I'll be reading more of uh, your SMSs shortly here on uh, SAFM 104 to 107. Further afield, a court in Turkey is to deliver its verdict today uh, in the trial of more than 270 people accused of plotting to overthrow the country's Islamic-rooted government. The defendants face dozens of charges ranging from membership of an alleged underground terrorist organization to illegally possessing weapons. The BBC's Emily Thomas reports. The verdicts will be delivered behind closed doors with extreme security measures in place. 
just one extraordinary aspect of an incredible trial. The case began five years ago. 275 defendants accused of a secret plot. Retired generals, including the former head of the army, are among them, along with politicians, academics and journalists. They're accused of organising the so-called Agenicon network. It's said to be an ultra-nationalist clandestine group which orchestrates bombings and extrajudicial killings. This alleged shadowy network is accused of plotting to overthrow the Islamist-rooted government. It's a highly politicised case which has polarised Turkish society and illustrated the deep divisions between secular groups and supporters of the government who want to increase the practice of Islam and reduce the role of the military. Turkey has a history of military coups and deep state intrigue and some have applauded the Prime Minister Recep Erdogan for confronting powerful institutions. Impunity for the offences of public officers, particularly from the security forces, has become a norm in Turkey. Especially when it came to political assassinations, people who disappeared after they were sent to prison, unidentified murders. But as the number of defendants has risen, and as journalists critical of the government have been arrested, the Prime Minister has been accused of attempting to silence dissent. Today, a journalist who attempts to question what these trials stand for would at the very least lose his job and starve, or would be imprisoned like us. In March, prosecutors demanded life sentences for 64 of the 275 defendants. The verdicts are expected later today, but this controversial case is likely to roll on. Any defendants found guilty are expected to appeal. The BBC's uh, Emily Thomas at uh, 15 minutes to 1. Let's give you your lunchtime market updates. Today's JSE report is brought to you by Telcom Business. Convergence. One solution, one service provider. Telcom Business. Clinton Smith is the portfolio manager at Sasfin Securities. Good afternoon to you, Clinton. How are the markets looking today? Afternoon, Boggy. Uh, well, the, the Asian and European markets are trading high today after the after Friday's uh, U.S. jobs data has left uh, investors a little uncertain on the timeline for the for the Fed's tapering program. Um, currently, we've got the gold board down 1.2 percent at the moment. Resources up 1 percent. Uh, industrials up 0.7 percent, and financials are up 0.3 percent. Uh, overall, the market's up 273 points at the moment, or 0.7 percent higher, at uh, 41,973. And uh, an announcement coming from an African bank this morning? Uh, yes, well, a two-part announcement, in fact, from, from ABLE this morning. Uh, firstly, they put out their, their quarterly operational update, um, saying that they see uh, 19% growth in advances there to 60.3 billion rand, uh, and then also that they've uh, announced that they're doing a rights issue as well uh, to the value of 4 billion rand uh, in order to strengthen their balance sheet there. And uh, seems seems the market likes the news out of ABLE, and they're currently trading 5.6% higher at the moment at 15 rand 20. And uh, big movers uh, in trade today? 
Uh, on the upside today, we've got uh, impacts up 4.3%. They're trading 26.93. Uh, Discovery is up 3.5% at 94.21. Uh, NASPERS are up 2.8% at 8.2238. And ArcelorMittal is up 2.7% at 35.95. Uh, and then trading lower, SAPI is down 3.2% at 24.20. Uh, we've got TrueWorth down 3.3% at 82.60. Uh, Goldfields down 2.1% at 55 rand 50, and lastly MMI is down 2.2% at 22 rand 11. And your latest market indicators? Uh, gold price is currently $1,310 an ounce. Uh, platinum is trading $1,449. Uh, Brent crude currently $106.23 a barrel. Uh, yield on R157 is currently 6.07%. And then finally on the rand, we're trading uh, 9.84 to the dollar, uh, 13 rand and 6 cents to the euro, and 15 rand and 10 cents to the pound. And that's it from me, Bongi. Thank you very much, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Clinton Smith, Portfolio Manager at Sussman Securities. This feature was brought to you by Telcom Business. Talk to Telcom Business about getting you on the journey to convergence with a tailor-made solution. Telcom Business. Marilyn, please can you order me a midday blood sugar levelling gastronomic experience? Lunch, sir? Yes, that's the word I was looking for. Using several words when one will get the job done doesn't make sense. Neither does using several providers when you can get voice, mobile, fixed, data, cloud and IT from one service provider. Call 10217, click telcom.co.za forward slash business or visit a Telcom Direct store and get a tailor-made solution. Convergence, one solution, one service provider. Telcom Business. Just a quick SMS coming through from Mike in Polokwane saying that uh, the withdrawal of charges by the lady justifies that uh, the intimacy was consensual. The trade union must take steps to both Vavi and the lady according to the rules governing employee conduct within uh, the office. That's Mike in Polokwane. And uh, Debs are tweeting at Kualapi News saying that uh, uh, political plot or not, uh, Kosatu must... Uh, uh, there it moved, must take a harsh action against Vav because he has uh, tarnished Kosato's dignity. But also, devs are tweeting again saying that, uh, oh yes, I'm in love with the idea of us public getting an opportunity to cross-examine witnesses at uh, the arms deal. And uh, this one, uh, oh yeah, alright, uh, just some of uh, the tweets and SMSs coming through at Kuala B News and of course at 34701. Let's uh, speak now to Mandla Zwane. He is the spokesperson for Sugali Kwa Municipality in Bumalanga, an unprotected strike by workers there uh, enters its second week today. More than 400 employees have gone on strike. This after the cash strap municipality prevented employees from their usual practice of uh, cashing in leave. Water supply has been cut off in many parts of uh, Ermelo as uh, there is no staff controlling water supply at water treatment plants. Waste is also not being collected from resi- residential and business uh, districts and the municipal of Offices remain empty. This is Wally. Good afternoon to you. And good afternoon to, to the SAFM listeners. What can you tell us? Uh, the strike going on now for two weeks? Um, this matter will be discussed tomorrow at the local labor forum meeting. I therefore do not want to preempt the outcome of that meeting. We trust that an amicable solution will be reached. And I would also like to inform the public that majority of the service of the municipal services are being rendered unhindered as from today and would like to apologize for the inconvenience caused over the past week. 
All right, uh, don't preempt uh, uh, the, the meeting tomorrow, but uh, just uh, let's stick to the issue. What what are the what are the problems? What are the uh, the employees raising as as the issues? Is the issue of uh, cashing in leave the only issue, really? Yes, it's the only issue. The issue of leave encashment. Mm. And these issues are matters of interest. Therefore, they are governed by collective agreement. And and what does the collective agreement say? Uh, the collective agreement says that about the workers who work uh, 30 days per, per month are only allowed to sell about eight days. Okay, but 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 what is the problem there? Why all of a sudden people want to uh, move away from that particular agreement? Uh, are they doing something different now, or they just want their their money as per the agreement? It is because of the financial constraints of the municipality that we have to stop this practice. All right. Uh, so, so have you communicated that? Because the the agreement uh, is that they must cash in. Well, they can cash it in if they want to. And have you communicated now? Because uh, it's the municipality that has a problem, not the workers. It was communicated. Yes. And and why would then people want to take to the streets and stay away from work? At least 400 of them. It's a small municipality, really, this. So 400 uh, uh, staying uh, away from work will cripple uh, the services. And let me correct that one. They are not about 400. It's less than that. I think it's about 110. Still a lot for a small municipality like yourselves. Yes, it's because of the misinterpretation of the collective agreement. All right, uh, and uh, let's go back now to, to the services. Uh, they, they've been sub- uh, uh, interrupted for, for at least two weeks, but uh, you are saying as of today, uh, waste has been collected or will be collected, and uh, water will flow uh, unhindered uh, because uh, the treatment plants then will be manned now going forward. Uh, water and other essential services employees are not allowed to partake in any uh, protest action. However, some parts of our section, which is the refuse section, they partake on this strike. But the management is busy engaging them as we speak, that they must go back to work because there's a court order or an interim court order to that effect. Okay, we got you. Mandla Zwane is the spokesperson for Msugaligwa Municipality in Ermelo in Pumalanga. Time now for Create with Michelle Constant.